Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast. This is episode 43, If History Has Taught Us Anything. Yeah. So history. Uh, I used to sit in history class as a kid and dream about, and I know kind of cool stuff like hanging out with Charlemagne. Um, I read a lot of books about like the knights and you know lords and stuff like that. I thought it was very interesting. You know, also read about you know the, the, the ancient dynasties, um, the Zulu Nation, and President Teddy Roosevelt. And I was sitting back this last couple of weeks, and I've been playing a lot of different games. And I decided to this may be kind of a twofer on the podcast because one part of it is video games, and the other part of it's going to be board games. So, you know, sitting back when we were younger, we'd read in encyclopedias and books all the time and we'd see pictures or drawings or you'd you'd have a really good teacher. And I, I had some really great history teachers, uh, junior high school and, and well, I don't even remember. Well, I'll say probably in high school. Oh, yeah, I had one in high school. And if he was still alive, he'd probably threaten me. Um, he was also my co- cross country coach and really liked the fact that my dad ran marathons and thought I could do that, too. At the time, I couldn't do it. So, uh, you know, I had good history teachers and they would, you know, bring history alive. And I think what's very interesting is we always look to the future. We're always looking at the next best, the most awesome thing. When sometimes we have these really amazing thoughts and and pieces of information uh, behind us. So looking at that, I wanted to take a look at some historical games. And, you know, when you get a little older or maybe when you're younger, you, you think about history and you want to revisit it and you want to talk about it. And like, you know, we visit when I was a kid, uh, we would visit all these historical places all over the United States as we travel around. When I, I took on that and I started doing it when I would get, got older and I would go to places uh, when I'd visit a city, I'd try to visit something that was very cool. Um, I do want to talk about as we go into history, I don't really want to talk about first person shooters in this because one, uh, this may not be a popular opinion of a lot of people, but I am not a fan of what's going on with gun violence. And I, I think some of these games are just entry points for a lot of those folks that want to play those games. I'm not against Call of Duty or Battle, Battlefield or any first-person shooters. I just think, you know, it's okay. It's We need more to relax about, and those games seem to be pretty highly charged and get us going and stuff like that. So... Not going to be talking about the first-person shooters. I also don't want to make this a political statement, but it's true. There has been a lot of problems with guns lately. And I just, you know, think if you're going to play games or you want a game maybe that you can share with your kids, your grandchildren, or you may want to share with friends, probably something about, you know, shooting each other. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to talk about anything else, but I do want to talk about some tanks, warships, and potentially some hoplites. And if you don't know what a hoplite is, go Google or Bing it. This isn't the Hoplite podcast. Um, one other thing is, I want to say, this took a little longer because I got my COVID shot, and or second COVID shot, and wow, that day after the COVID shot was crazy. Uh, apparently, I had a dream that I was putting candy canes on a Christmas tree, and it was in the middle of April. So that is kind of odd, but please get vaccinated. Please wear your mask. Okay, so let's step in first to the game World of Tanks. Now, what's really kind of cool about World of Tanks, and you hear a lot of games that are like, oh, this is developed in Palo Alto, or this is developed in LA, or this is developed you know, in New York. World of Tanks was developed in Belarus. 
Now, if you don't know where Belarus is, Google or Bing. I'm not telling you again, not the Belarus podcast. It could be because apparently there's a lot of cool stuff in Belarus outside of the World Tanks. But so World Tanks is a massively multiplayer online game. So it's it's kind of like we talked about MMORPGs, but this is more of a a lot of people are playing is a very real time simulation type game. And it was developed by the company Wargaming. Now, what's cool about it is it has 1930s to 1960s combat vehicles. And when I was growing up, uh, I was born right near Fort Knox. And Fort Knox used to be what they would call a cavalry base. And cavalry meant tanks. Now, originally it meant horses, but they meant tanks. And so it was really cool as you could go over and they had decommissioned tanks that they let you crawl all over the place at this park right outside the, uh, the Patton Museum. And it was really just amazing to see a tank. And then you see them in movies. And uh, we recently watched the movie Red Dawn, the Patrick Swayze one. And they had the tanks in there. And my kids were like, oh, my gosh, those things are huge. And then I'm like, oh, well, let's go find Patton. And you got to watch the scenes where they were doing the tank battles. And they just thought it was the most incredible, most interesting thing because it wasn't existing on a phone. This actually existed outside. So World of Tanks is really built onto that. Um, you can play World of Tanks, I believe, on your phone, on your tablet, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, PC. What am I forgetting here? There's probably something. The phone tablet. No, that's about it. Yeah, this should be everybody. I think I said PC. Okay, anyhow. Um, but, it, you know, like I said, it was developed in Belarus, and it was created as you have the ability to get in one of your tanks. You can customize it. You can change the uh, camouflage of your tank. You can put on specific packages that help it. You can spend money, and we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, but you can spend money and buy a lot of different kind of gear for your tanks, and you can you know, not spend money and still update all those things. But what was really neat is it kind of started out as World of Tanks, and then you started seeing things like World of Warplanes. I didn't go into World of Warplanes because I am really not good at playing games. Um, I don't play Flight Simulator. It's for my son. He is much better. And I expect him to fly me everywhere when he gets his pilot license. Uh, but also World of Warships. And we're going to talk about World of Warships in a second. So uh, be prepared. In just a moment, we'll kind of get there. But, you know, World of Tanks was released 10 years ago, which is kind of crazy to think. Because I remember seeing it at the Penny Arcade Expo and everybody was losing their mind and thought it was the coolest thing. And, you know, it was kind of fun. Like, oh yeah, you walk around, you know, boom, shoot tanks. But if you just have maybe 15 minutes, you can actually play a game or two in less than 15 minutes of World Tanks. Um, what's really great about it is it's been localized to cover the entire world. So you have a Asia Pacific, you have an EMEA or Europe, you have the U.S., South America. So you could be playing against people and potentially online chatting. I don't really connect the headset up because I don't really want someone to sit there and yell at me if I do something wrong. Um, I will say I am a noob on these kind of games and I'm not as you know good and I don't take it as seriously probably. But you can get on these and you can play with people from all over the world. And like I said, I can log in and within maybe a minute, maybe 90 seconds, be playing the game and just do it. Now, I talked a little bit about when you pay. And so World Tanks is what they would call a freemium game. So that's freemium. So there's a premium if you want to pay for it. But otherwise, the game is free. Now, 
What's kind of crazy though, is if you just go with the free options, you're just getting the very basic tanks. So anyone who remembers when you, when you got power windows on your first car and you remember back and go, oh, this is so much easier than rolling the window up and down. And I'm just doing this motion right now that we all had to do. Or if you're like the kid and you wanted the car to be cooled down because you're sitting in the back seat or the, the back of the station wagon, you go outside before everybody got there and you roll all the windows down. So it was cooler, but that's what premium is, is you get the extra add-on bonuses. You get more damage, more uh, hit points on your tank. You get extra cool-looking tanks that are maybe uh, have a neat design on them. I think there's a new anime package going around in World of Tanks right now, which is really kind of crazy because, one, I'm not a huge anime person, and, two, it's just kind of weird to see uh, the big anime on the side of it. I'm... I'm Let's just say I'm a tank purist. Uh, but the cool part of World Tanks, outside of being freemium, and is you can spend a few bucks. I spent $5, $5.61 as tax, and got a new speedy little tank and a bunch of uh, what they have, these coins, and they have these gold coins, and they have this experience stuff, and, and things to make my, my tanks better. Uh, yeah, and it was fun. So for $5.61, which is probably a what a venti mocha to Starbucks. I haven't been in Starbucks in so long. It's crazy. I make the coffee at home. It's just that much easier. But for $5.61, I upgraded the game, did a little, put a little money into the, became a uh, premium person for a month, I think, or two weeks. I actually hope it's not a recurring fee that I have to go figure out how to shut off now. It could be. Um, I might do that after this. But, you know, the thing about World Tanks, and this is kind of my thought on this, is it is a fun distraction. It is fun to drive a tank. When I was growing up, I thought driving a railroad engine or a truck, a big rig, was like so cool. I've actually been in both and terrified now of trying to either do both. They have more, almost as many or more buttons as potentially each seat in the cockpit of a plane. Now, that's not saying if you're in the pilot seat, you can touch everything. But if you ever get into one of these, uh, the big rigs, take a look at it. There is so much stuff going on. And trains are even crazier. Plus, trains are, you know, you're right on the land flying. Anywho, you know, there's there's no blood and gore in this. Yes, you may get blown up. Your tank, you know, something happens with that. Um, you can also watch other people. You learn base, basically how to zoom in, you know, how to shoot your tank, how to learn how to use this. But it's... It's not one of those difficult games. I could, and I'm not picking on my wife, hand my wife a controller and say, here you go. Here's how you go forward, backwards. Here's how you shoot. Here's how you zoom in. And she'd probably pick up on it. And it would be, you know, she might have some fun with it a little bit. If you're on like on a Friday night, there's probably a lot of people that are very serious about it. Or if you get into a rated match, which is where people are trying to get a, the highest rating. Yeah, you might, you might find some people that are very serious. But if you just go in on a Tuesday or Thursday or Friday afternoon and want to just zoom around in so many locations, it is great. So that's World of Tanks. Now, I want to go and conversely talk about World of Warships. So where World of Tanks was you're driving your tank around, ta-da, World of Warships is you're a naval war theme. And when I say that, think of a giant map because tanks, right? A tank, I could drive a tank into my driveway. I, I couldn't get it into my garage, but I could get it into my driveway. But I can't get a battleship or even a PT cruiser, not the 
uh, not the car, the uh, the one I think I want to say was it John F. Kennedy was in a P- cru- cruiser, and I want to say one of the George Bushes was. Oh, I have to go back and look that one up. Anywho, but they were in the smaller, smaller, you know, kind of cruiser around the the edge of the coast ships. But this is where you have in World of Tanks and where they have World of Warplanes, both. But we're going to talk about, uh, or sorry, World of yeah, World of War Tanks, World of War Tanks, and World of Warplanes. What's neat about World of Warships is it's you can battle AI, you can battle other players, or other players and you can battle AI or other players. So there's a, there's a definitive way to actually do this. What's also neat about it, it was released in two, 2015. Uh, it's on, again, every one of those platforms as well. You can get it. You can, it's a little bit slower, so it is going to take a little bit longer to play. I think my average time I was doing this on matches the other day were about 20 to 25 minutes. And the reason behind that is you have, you know, a boat is a lot, one, a boat is a lot harder to turn on and move and turn. And your field of battle is think of a Costco or Walmart parking lot. And maybe there's four of those in World of Tanks. There's 400 of those in World of Warships because it, you have to take your warship and maybe go around an island and you're trying to kind of, you know, adjust and then you have to get the right shot with the right, you know, declination and, you know, the, the, the right amplitude of the shell. So it'll go as far as possible to hit the person. You re- There's a lot more kind of built into it, but you're in a giant battleship on the sea and you're turning it and you're turning your cannons and you're looking at it. If you've ever watched um, those war movies, as horrible as they possibly could be because war is really bad, it is kind of neat if you've ever been to a shipyard or if you've ever been, um, you know, into New York where they used to have, a, oh shoot, I can't remember the ship that was there. Anywho, but if you've ever seen one or if you've been like the Norfolk, Virginia, amazing. You see these giant ships. It's just so cool to kind of just zoom it around. Uh, it's especially a lot easier to play against the AI because there are people who are really good at aiming and shooting in this game. Um, so if you're playing against somebody who has maybe spent some money on it again, being the freemium model, it is it can be a little bit. But the neat thing compared to where in World of Tanks you're just going and you have to beat the other team, here you have a co-op battle where you face against AI, you have you know, captains are are dropped into a game, and so you can play against a whole group of people. There are scenarios to play. So you play different scenarios. Again, ranked battles we talked about, seasons of them. And then you can have groups. So um, alliances, clans, whatever. Uh, Ready Player One, they talked about, we're not clanning up. That means you're getting to a group of people, and that is C-L-A-N. So you get a group of people from one group of an alliance going against a whole group of another people. So you have almost coordinated battles. And then you have ball, brawls, balls, huh, which are uh, basically smaller formats where it's one versus one or three versus three and you're going after folks. The last little bit, and this is something that I wish, um, and I'm not going to beg the people over at World of Tanks to do, but if they possibly could have a training room, because in World of Warships, you have a training room. Um, because not only are you using like a smaller quick ship, you're using these giant, you know, you have the destroyers, you have the battleships, 
You have aircraft carriers, and they have airplanes on them. So you have an aircraft carrier, and you can point your planes and say, go attack that ship over there. <clears throat> if that ship does not have anti-aircraft, then you can get them. So it is kind of fun. It is um, neat from the big you know, open sea. Um, if you have a large TV going along with the console, it can be very cool. I'd also at some point, and I know you can do this if you have like an Oculus headset, you can, there's a program you can run on your PC where you could play it on your Oculus headset and look around, but it envelops you in and it takes you to the ocean and who doesn't like being at the beach and shooting giant cannons at, you know, fake computer ships. Um, it's, it's just absolutely a ton of fun to play. I had a, a great time with it. Um, but now let's talk a little bit about the ships that are out there. So the cool thing about it is you have warships from the 1950s all the way up. So basically you're looking at, think of anybody in the 1950s. So you have, you know, the French, the Germans, the Italians, the Russians, uh, the Pan-European, which mainly Swedish, which I thought that was interesting, Pan-European. I actually learned something out. My uh, very good friend Kate, who's a geographer, would love that. As well as you have the Pan-Asian tree of, of them, as well as Southeast Asian, and then a Pan-American, which also includes South American countries. So if you're a fan of Brazil, you could have a Brazilian warship that you could go out there with. Um, I'm not saying that you want to create the Falklands stuff, which wasn't Brazil, it was Argentina. But you could go out and create some historical battles as well. Um, if you're interested in that with your friend. Now, you also have missions, challenges, campaigns, and collections, including collections. My, I always love these because you get like a Halloween one or an April Fool's one. I mean, I really can't see doing an Easter warship, but, you know, maybe. Um, but, you know, kind of cool. Maybe it could be something neat to do. But really, the, the crux about this game, again, is it's a distraction. If you've got a couple hours and you're tired of Netflix or Disney Plus or Amazon Prime or regular cable or TV in general, and you're like, oh, I want to play a game, but I don't want to plunk down 50 bucks on a game. World of Tanks, World of Warships. Free games, you can play them. If you get bored of them, delete them. They're done. You don't really have to worry about it too much afterwards. But they are very good games. They're a lot of fun to play. All right. So the last game is not a free game, but it is one of my favorite games of all time. And it is something that I have found myself coming back to and playing this game so much. And I'm excited because I know there's a new version coming out of this game. I know that because I know someone was working on it and I'm not giving away all the details because I'm hoping I can become a beta tester. But Age of Empires and Age of Empires is not just one game. It's a lot of games. So let's talk about it. It's a historical real-time strategy video game. So there's our history angle that was released in 1997. Now, why is that kind of cool? Well, other than it being now 25 years old, so it can legally drive and rent a car. Uh, that's a big deal. It could rent a car, which if it tried to do it anymore, the car industry is like killing us. Really expensive to rent a car anymore. Anywho, they, these are focused on all over the world. So you have Europe, Africa, Asia. It starts in the Stone Age. It goes to the Iron Age. It has the Roman Empire. It has a mythological piece. It includes going to planets later on. Um, Age of Empires, just fantastic. And that was the original Age of Empires. 
not the one we're going to planet. That's a whole nother one afterwards, but that's Europe, Africa, Asia, Stone Age, Iron Age. Age of Kings is set up in the Middle Ages. So you're talking from, you know, the Spanish conquest of Mexico. You're talking of, you know, knights in England and things like that. But you're also at the same time talking all those other civilizations that were around them. So Age of Empires three went definitely into the modern place. Talked about the colonization. Eh, not my favorite one. My favorite one's the coolest one of all. And that's just because I say it. Um, but there is a latest installment out there on Windows Live. And it, or maybe not the latest installment that's coming, but Age of Empires Online, which is neat because if you can play an online game versus having to install a whole client and all that and having a PC set up just to play it, it allows you to play more games. Now, that was the, uh, the spinoff game, which is my favorite, is Age of Mythology. And it is so cool. It's same period as the original, Age of Empires. But you have mythological Greek, Egyptian, and Norse mythology. It is a fun game if you ever get your kids in a real-time strategy. Or if you want to play with your kids and be like, hey, look, there's Hector. Or, hey, look, over there, there's an ice giant. Like, it is really fun. It will pull your kids in. It, you know, oh, look, they're set, right, from Egypt. It is a lot of fun to play. And it is a, you build your environment that you can sustain. Then you build your army. Maybe you're defending yourself and there's a scenario to defend yourself against attackers. Or maybe you're going out in the scenarios you have to go and fight the other civilizations. But all of Age of Empires or Age of Mythology, again, my favorite, are fantastic. Now, what's really cool and really awesome about this is when a good game is good, it sells. And they've sold over 25 million copies of Age of Empires. Now, not telling you to go buy the original one. I, in my two cents, is I would go and get probably the, if I were to get one, I would probably get the latest copy. I would want to make sure Age of Mythology is in there because, again, I love myth mythology in general. I believe it's one of those things that really brings uh, all the creativity out of us as a uh, society. It's almost like in, uh, what was it, the third Matrix movie, if you could survive through the whole movie. But they talked about all the stories of ghosts or Dracula or, you know, the Minotaur are all kind of like uh, hacks to make you look away from what's really happening. Um, I know I got philosophical there. I'm sorry. But Age of Empires, huge, huge, huge success. The really cool thing is the AI in Age of Empires is just fantastic because you can notch it up good. You make it hard on yourself, make it easy if you want to just win and see what happens. But you can also play against other players, which is really kind of fun, except for when you're really, like when someone knows you're going to beat them, they just leave the game, which is okay, I guess. And then you can just beat them. Yay, whatever. Okay. So I wanted to talk, because I have a few more minutes, about the historical elements. Because, again, this is the historical part of this. But the amount of research that the teams that have built Age of Empires is incredible. They have wanted this to seem like you're actually spending time in that time or that location and time. Um, the research originally probably was like, you know, in the very first one, 
picked up on a huge level. And there was a great quote from uh, one of the designers, Bruce Shelley. You know, it, it's a good idea that for most entertainment products to, you know, have the ability to not just use your reference from the children's section of the library, but to go into the depth of it and, you know, not just have designers doing it, but hire researchers. So, you know, game designers are normally, oh, you have to do everything. Oh, we want you to figure out the score and make the music. And we want you to take care of all the art. And we want you to know, understand localization. The designers had a research team to help them. Very, very cool stuff that they had, that they brought that in, made it immensely helpful because now a designer is designing something that a researcher has brought them the information. And if you've ever had to do your, any of your own research or write a term paper, like we all used to, <clears throat> do they even do that anymore? I can go bug my kids and find out because I don't see them cracking open the encyclopedias. Oh, that's right, the internet. Yeah. Anywho, but this is one of those areas where, like I said, the research of this game is fantastic. Now, artificial intelligence on this, because we talk about artificial intelligence. We're not talking about like Terminators coming down the street on you. We're talking about how a game plays against you. So they spent almost a year working on the AI for the original. And they wanted to create an AI that requires tactics and strategies instead of, you know, cheating by giving itself something extra or making its units stronger, like giving them extra hit points or making their weapons extra strong. But it wanted to develop those tactics and strategies, which is now I'm now having, if I'm playing, I'm not playing against something that I know I have to hit harder. I got to outthink it which again, it's not a Terminator walking down the street, but it is something that's making me think ahead of it to adapt to it, to turn. So if they see me and I'm building and I've got all my fishing boats on the left and they know that I'm building all my buildings on the left of like a map, they can attack me on the right. And then I'm like, ah, I gotta build stuff on the right. So that's the kind of AI we're talking about as well as taking a look inside of what they would call the skirmish which allows a player like me to figure out how the AI kind of works so that I can then play against the AI smarter and maybe turn the AI up a little bit. So that was the first. In the second version of Age of Empires, they put even more information in there to develop what they call a smart villager. So your builder, not the army, but or not the gatherer, but the person building buildings and things like that. So that, they would not just build, but then let's say, oh, I notice over there, there's another building. I'm going to go help build that other building over there. So really cool. And then in Age of Mythology, again, why it's the best Age of Empires, in my opinion, they let you put an AI debugger to create custom scenarios where you can change the settings of the computer player and have them do certain things to a certain pattern. So you can have them act certainly. And it makes it a lot more fun because now, you know, okay, Medusa just kind of sits there and hides and waits to get you right in the movie and clash of the Titans. But in age of empires, age of mythology, not only should, does she do that, she actively tries to get you to stop hiding. So it not in full retrospect, but that's how the game would play. All right. I would be remiss to talk about Age of Empires without talking about the music. And Stephen Rippey, thank you so much 
And, you know, I've got to say thank you to his brother, David, as well as Kevin McCollum, McMullen, sorry, for creating one of the best scores in a game. And, you know, everybody's scores are the best, right? They're really good. They're, they're new and interesting. But there are times when I've walked away from Age of Empires with the score playing and started doing other things like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I got to clean the house. I'm going to do dusting or vacuuming or something. And I've been listening to Age of Empires music. What I really, really like is that they've used instruments from the time and the periods in the game, actual instruments. Now they've had digital samples. They've created that. Everybody understands the digital age, but they've used actual instruments. So when they were talking in Age of Kings and you had the Celts, they've got bagpipes. And I know somebody who's a really good friend of mine who has a set of bagpipes. Please don't ever play them around me again. Wow, that was rough. Anywho, but they do you know, think about it. It's all the instruments of that era are, are pushed to play in each one of those. And in, inside again, Age of Mythology, why it's the best one ever, these orchestral instrumentation was used where they collected a ton of things from zoos, where they brought in sound outside and they built a library of sound which doesn't sound as cool because it's a library of sound. Yay. Ha ha. But I'm going to say this. It's so cool to listen to that music and to hear the sounds that there have been times that I started reading a book of age of empires on in the background. I'm just like, Oh, I just want to hear the music. So with that age of empires, world of tanks, world of planes, all really, really fantastic games for history. Go check them out. And I'm going to try to get the board game one out in the next week. Thank you.